0: most important thing in this shit, these motherfuckers is not your friend. That night, I slept on the motherfucking bench up the street from the nigga crib Bought my first car and I slept in it for nine months, bro.
1: So what's your mindset like to move around and just not like get caught up in your feelings, but just keep moving?
0: Listen, I made the most money I ever made during the pandemic because I had the ability to fucking record myself. It's only one real, real true ingredients to success. Welcome back to another episode of the
1: podcast. Today, I had to switch it up for y'all, man. We don't really have a crazy producer, but we have a crazy songwriter, you know what I'm saying? Huge track record, we got Ivory Scott. Yes, sir, we in here. What's up with you, bro?
0: Man, I'm feeling good, man. Happy to finally be here. See y'all yeah, boys yeah, in man. action, for real, yeah, for real. Yeah.
1: We gotta get a songwriter on him, man. That's a whole different perspective, a whole different lane. We just, I think we did like an interview with one songwriter before, when that Tasha. Tasha Couture? Yeah. Damn, yeah, I thought I, I was we had another first, one man. That was a while ago, right? that was okay, like four, shit don't count. Four damn. years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and we got JB with us, man. You know what I'm let's saying? Let's get it. For sure. so let's get into the track record. You got about 100 songs with KSI. Lil Wayne, Trippy Red, Polo G. Congrats oh. on the Lil Dirt, Golden Child record. Quando Rondo, Tusi, YK series. I mean, Madonna. Like, that shit goes
0: yeah, for sure. on, and, and, on sure. and on and on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's really start from the top. Like, just like, you know, your background. How you got started to music and where you from? I'm
0: from Chicago. Southside. Uh, 79th National and shit. I started playing uh, piano when I was like eight years old and shit. So I started off like writing music on piano. And then shit, it just transitioned into like writing songs and shit for females. <laughs> and then that's what got me here so far. So you was playing keys? Yeah, play played piano. I played piano and guitar. So how did you get into like, you know, musicianship? Shit, my grandfather was a like a lead singer for a group called The Hummingbirds, So he blessed me with my first guitar and shit. And like, my dad taught me how to play piano.
1: So it was like musical influences like back then?
0: I mean, shit. I fuck with like Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Wonder, like the classic motherfuckers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that type. But like on the new culture side, like Chris Brown was a heavy, you know what I'm saying? pioneer for what we doing right now and shit.
1: Any people in like Chicago you fuck with
0: heavy? I mean, right now, Dirk, you know what I'm saying? But like, R. Kelly, you know what I'm saying, is, like, still the goat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, for what he did in the music business. You big
1: on, like, Chicago Drill?
0: Not really. I feel it. Not really, you know what I'm saying, just because, like, I grew up in Chicago, but I spent, like, a lot of my life in, like, L.A., you know what I'm saying? So, like, I was back and forth between those two places. So, culturally, that shit just kind of made me more diverse than just being stuck to, like, Chicago Drill or whatever, you know what I'm saying, what's going on in the city.
1: Nah, no, I feel you, bruh I ain't gonna count T. Keith was around When I was like Eighth grade,
0: bruh T. Keith, for sure we went, to the same, we went to the same He went to the same High school I did Oh, for real? I yeah, yeah uh-huh. uh,
1: So, I mean Let's talk about like How you got into Your transition from like Playing instruments To you like writing songs Like, what was that like?
0: I mean, really Like, it started off Of course, you know You always start off When you first getting started It wasn't about writing For other people It was like writing songs For myself, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be Chris Brown. I wanted to be Mario. I want, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be, you know, the people that was getting it popping as artists. So, shit, I was so connected with music that it was it was just, like, left hand to right hand. You know what I'm saying? Starting to write songs.
1: What was this? This was, like, around, like, high school or, like, after high school?
0: I literally been doing music my whole life, bro. Like, I probably wrote my first song when I was, when I was like, nine years old. You know what I'm saying? So I've been thick in writing songs, like, since I was a jit-jit. But taking it serious, it was, like, high school and shit. I played football and shit. So it was like music or football, you know what I'm saying, mentality wise. But, so I balled and shit. I played football in uh in Chicago and then went to Iowa and played quarterback and shit for a year for Iowa. And then fucking flipped back, you know what I'm saying? But I was always, I always had a studio. Anybody that know me, they know I had a fucking studio in my dorm room. I used to put the fucking, the shelves and shit together and make a little booth and shit. So it's always been a part of me, but I don't remember when it wasn't. Oh, you was engineering back then? Yeah. Uh, shit, I, I record my own stuff today. I recorded Rich Motherfucker in my, in my condo in Buckhead standing on the couch.
2: <laughs> you was cooking beats back then, too?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, you know, I was making my own beats. I was fucking... That's why I, I connect with y'all platform so much because, like, even as a songwriter, goddamn you still a producer. You know what I'm saying? Quincy Jones was a songwriter, but he also was a composer, a producer. So, like, I really look at it, like, I know a lot of people might look at it as two different things, but songwriting and producing is fucking the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's the same. It's no different. We both composing and creating something out of nowhere. It's like a fucking woman having a baby. You know what I'm saying? We bringing something to life.
1: And it's hard, especially when you're doing, like... Everything, bro. You got down. You writing a song. You producing it. For Listen, I made it. the
0: most money I ever made during the pandemic because I had the ability to fucking record myself. When everything was shut down, writers couldn't find no studio to work in. I was, my flow was still going even stronger. because now I'm stuck at the crib cooking. I could cut my own self. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing that I tell any songwriter. Learn how to cut yourself i not be trying to get studio time going with producers. You end up having to work with producers you might not even want to work with. You know what I'm saying? Whereas you can get get a little bit of knowledge and understanding of how the shit flow. Cut yourself, record yourself to what you want to do. And you know what I'm saying? When ain't nobody in the room, you at your freest. It's like singing in the fucking shower. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: a, lot, a lot of niggas be thinking it's real complex, record yourself. But how, how simple would you say it is to just...
0: I started off like using Logic, Logic, Logic Pro, to record myself. It's very simple if you learn a few fucking steps, which is how to import the track, put the track in there so I can be able to record to the two track, figuring out what the tempo is. You got a lot of apps and platforms that can show you how to do that shit. Um, and, and fucking being able to insert the track and learning what the record button is, how to, how to choose what track you want, how to channel your mic. It's, it's shit not rocket science. Now it does go deeper when it comes to like mixing and shit and making sure your shit is sonically correct. But like everything, that shit comes with practice. If you ain't willing to sit at the crib and practice how to do the shit, you know what sound good. The, most musicians and artists, they got good ears. So if some bullshit happened, the engineer was doing some shit and it sound wrong to you, you gonna know, right? So that's the same thing when you like making your shit sound right. You know, you got to train your ear to fucking know what's right and wrong. And That's all music is, playing the right notes at the right time. That's facts. So, like,
1: let's, let's go back. First year, you know what I'm saying, you quarterbacking. What's that transition like? Like, when I mean, you quit football, like, what was that like? Was you full-time artist, or how did that work? When I quit football,
0: <clears throat> I didn't quit. I got hurt and shit. I had some, you know what I'm saying, weird shit go on. I was trying to work out during, like, while well, having an injury, you know what I'm saying, which is a fucking no-no to, you know what I'm saying, lost half my scholarship, forced me back to the city of Chicago. I go back to Chicago. I work, I'm work. i working at a fucking corner store. You know what I'm saying? It's a stack up to buy a fucking uh, Roland X8, which was like the fucking big ass keyboard that you could like make beats and record on. I fucking worked at the corner store on 79th and Ash. It's called Justine Foods. Shit's probably still standing. Owner was Muhammad Frehat, right? I'm working on the corner store, getting robbed, all kinds of weird, crazy shit going on. Yes, bro, we in the, we in the hood, bro. That's where it's at. That's what's going on. So, anyway, stacked up my chips enough to get the keyboard, um, and I just was like, man, I'm moving to LA. I was like, fucking seventeen, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm going to LA, right? I go to LA with a friend, and he's like, yo, we gonna go meet some cat at um, Warner Brother Records. He gonna give you a record deal. I ain't got shit but the keyboard, bro, and like a backpack, dude. Like. Full of clothes. That's all I got to my name. I'm um I'm in fucking, I'm in L.A. We go meet the dude. Anyway, the deal falls through. Nothing happens with the deal. The dude I was living with when I was in L.A. for like two weeks to do the meeting. Like, yo, man, you can't stay here no more, bro. You got to go back. Just because when I was there, I was hustling so much. And his parents was like, he, he, he my dog to this day. But his parents was like, damn, why you won't hustle like this, man? Why you won't get out here and get out like him? You know what I'm saying? And um, anyway, he like, man, you got to go. You gotta go back to Chicago. And I know what's back there for Chicago. Man, my brother's a dealer, You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nothing in Chicago for me in a positive light. So I say, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't leaving, right? That night I slept on the motherfucking bench up the street from the nigga crib. The next morning I woke up with my keyboard, took it to the pawn shop, got like 2,500 when they bought my first car. Right? For myself. Ain't nobody bought me my first car. Bought my first car and I slept in it for nine months, bro. It took getting anything going in music. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, you know so That's how I transitioned from Chicago. I know I went deep, but that's how I transitioned from football to music and shit. And that's where it started for me.
1: Right Damn. forward that story, cause like, a lot of times, especially the younger audience that we have, they sit at home and they watch our interviews and they be like, you know, like, I guess they thought process is like, okay, somehow, some way, like, you gonna know, oh, hey, there's a dude in Australia with, with a hard drive for the beats, you know what I'm saying, let me go fuck with him, but it's not like that, I was seen on Instagram the other day, I forget the exact phrase, but it was like, you don't hear a tree grow, or like, you don't goddamn see a tree grow, you just see that motherfucker like, tall as hell one day, blossom. you feel me, and I feel like, when it comes to this music industry, a lot of niggas watch our interviews, or just, go online looking for, like, this secret gym. Like, okay, it's the exact process. Like, if I do this, I'm guaranteed this outcome. Bro, this is the music industry. This shit is slimy and grimy, bro. For sure.
0: You never know. You never know how it's going to come for real, for real.
1: Yeah, yeah. You got to throw yourself all the way out there, bro. Like, I be telling people all the time, like, don't think you finna move around here and at one point you're not going to be in an uncomfortable position. For sure. Like, you got to throw yourself out there, bro. Like,
0: just like you said,
1: bro. You won't finna go back to Chicago, bro.
0: You just said you was on the bench, nigga. Listen, I'm going to tell you, it's only one real, real true ingredients to success. Like, just, you know how you just said, like, ain't no recipes to this shit. Ain't no certain way or puzzle that you can put together to make you successful in the music business. But you have to be consistent, bro, and resilient. That's the those, nigga, as long as you got those in anything, you can be successful. You got to push. Keep that keep damn pushing for what you want. You add those ingredients to anything, nigga, you can make water. So I know
1: around that time, like you said, you was hustling. I know there's a lot of times you throwing yourself out there. Hey, I'm, a, I'm this person. I'm an artist, songwriter, producer. Let's work. I know you get a lot of yeses, but at the same time you get a lot of no's. Yeah. So what's your mindset like to move around and just not like get caught up in your feelings, but just keep moving? I
0: was, I, was, I was never like the type of like songwriter or artist to like try to push my music on people or try to create situations. I always focused on making sure my shit was so hard. When I press play, the attention is going to become mine. Opposed to like, man, I write songs, man. You should listen to my stuff. You know what I'm saying? When I press play, that's the difference. So if you focus on that, or your ability to press play in any fucking room. Crazy story. First day in Atlanta, I went to Polo to Don's studio. um, The dude that was like washing his cars, he was an OG. He was like, man, I know that kid right there. He hard as hell. Polo, you should listen to some of his shit. I go in the studio with Polo. He plays me like 20 songs back to fucking back. All fucking hits, bro. All hits, right? Of course, I'm fucking starstruck, nigga. It's Polo the Don. Sierra was sitting on the couch. I'm fucking, um. I'm I'm like ready to play my shit, ready to play my shit. He listened to like two of my songs and he said, that any time He said Did any of the shit you play Sound better than any of the shit that I played And he determined that He used that As an, a reason to say Go back to work nigga Tighten the fuck up So what I'm saying is Is like Your ability to press play And you can compete With the pros That's your difference That's how you make it in this shit That's hard bro Cause I feel like A
1: lot of producers lot of Like throw they self out there They are not necessarily Like ready yet How that sound You feel yeah,
0: For
2: sure
1: Where it's like because at the end of the day, bro, music, your music going to talk. Like, if it's good music, it's going to do what it's supposed to be. For sure, in
0: anywhere, in any place, bro, it don't even matter. I had the one of the biggest songs last year, Peru, with Ed Sheeran, bro. That shit was number one in 50 countries, bro. The ability to touch mass people with a fucking Afrobeat song, bro. That's all right. Come on, bro. Perfect your craft. Work on your shit. Don't think just because you could pull up the computer. Go Fruity Loops. Get some loops off Slice or whatever the fuck and put it together. Be an artist with this shit, man. It's like Picasso, nigga. Paintings. You know what I'm saying? Look at that shit like that and you'll respect that shit way more and you'll be way more successful. That's what I see in the niggas that I work with that's in the game. They not just like whatever about that shit. Feel me? i up. that. So
1: you in LA. What was like the first, like what was like the major move for you that got you like your first big You know what I'm saying? Placement
0: record. It was actually working. It was actually working with this cat named Jimmy Deere. Like, to go back a little bit, I met Jimmy in the airport on the way to L.A., the first white man about that tall. The rawest guitarist he played for Seal. He was the first person to, like, put me in the studio with, like, who's who people and give me opportunities and shit. We ended up moving here to Atlanta and then that's when I just started locking in with everybody, O.G. Parker hit maker all the niggas because the culture is here you know what i'm saying in atlanta so it was really like atlanta where i like really started locking in for real for real
1: so like what was the first move in like atlanta like what was i'm trying to get like where was the connect that you feel me
0: at this time i was doing like fucking um construction right so i was doing like carpentry dude I i was working on the handover buildings in buckhead bro like lead carpenter on that shit right making like Close to six figures going hard, but I still was doing music, right? This time I'm on my grown man shit. I'm like, fuck it. I got to get some bread. Let's tap in. So I tapped in with using my hands. My father always told me, man, look, he, I, I, call, I hit my father one time. I'm like, dad, I need $250. He like, son, look down in your hands. It's right there. I'm like, daddy, I need $250 to do what I'm trying to do. I don't know what I was trying to pay a bill or some shit. He said, look down at your hands. He said, as long as you got them hands, you got the ability to do anything. You can make anything around you. Use your hand, your head and your hands and you can fucking feed yourself. So that turned into me, you know what I'm saying? Getting into the carpentry shit and started, you know what I'm saying? Started my own construction company, built, built some apartments right on, um, what the fuck street that was? You know what street that was, bro? Riverdale, bro. Oh, what's that shit? On Riverdale Road, nigga, some apartments still standing to this day, nigga. Was my first big job. I just took it. I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing on some real shit. I didn't know what I was doing. But took the job, use my hands and my mind. Use YouTube. Right? You learn how to do most of the shit you know how to do right now on YouTube. Got into it, nigga, turned into a whole business, made a lot of money. And fucking, I forget what we was talking about, but long story short, I was on top of the uh the handover building and shit. It was the end of the project. Ray Daniels called me on the phone and shit. He was connected with my homeboy, who was Veil, you know what I'm saying, which is like, was kind of like a helping manage my situation, you know what I'm saying, at the time. Um, Veil played my music for, for Ray Daniels, and goddamn, Ray Daniels was like, yo, man, give me 30 days, i change your life, give me 30 days. Now listen, at the time, I had an offer to go and work for Hanover to build the fucking hotels in Disneyland, making like six figures, bro. So I'm sitting there like, OK, I got the money in my hand, but I know if I take a publishing deal or go into music, I'm going to be broke. Don't nobody want to be broke, right? So I'm in a situation where I'm playing with my heart in my pockets because my heart is like, man, I know I'm him at this fucking music shit, bro. I ain't never been in a room where I press play and I guarantee you I'm him, bro. So I knew that in my heart, my pockets was like, man, take that six figures, man, and go drill them screws and and fucking build them frames and shit and do that shit for the rest of your life and then retire with a bad back, not doing what you love. So I had to, I I, I met, God made me in the middle, man. I came to God, I was like, look, I said, God, you know what I need, help me survive because you know where my heart want to go. And I took the risk. Ray Daniels took me to Mike Karen. One day, sat down with Mike Karen. They put me in a studio three sessions a day, right? For like 12 days, three sessions a day. He was putting me in rooms with different producers. Mike Karen put me in rooms with different producers, tapping in with different writers and different creatives. Rico Nasty and shit like that. Putting me in a loop in the mix for 12 days. Studio every day. My foot was broke, nigga. I broke my foot skateboarding. So I'm walking around with a big ass boot. Three sessions a day, bro. I got pictures, videos to show you. I'm on crutches, nigga, going to studio to studio. Came back to Atlanta, <clears throat> was like, damn, I bet. Um, they didn't call. You know how you fucking finna get drafted or some shit? And you ain't the call didn't come. I'm as far as I know, I just went down there and did like 10 songs a day. I mean, 10 songs a session. If that's 10 songs a session, I'm doing three sessions a day. That's 30 songs a fucking day, bro. Cooking up, right? Come to come back to fucking Atlanta and like, ah, right, it's nothing. Crickets, nigga. I'm like, damn, that's I felt like I left a good impression. Two days later, Mike Karen hit me back and he's like, yo, you know what I'm saying? How would you like to be a part of APG? Now, you know, this time as a songwriter, not having a publishing deal or nothing like that, nigga, this is thank you, God. This is it. I made it. But you know that that's not the fucking reality, you know what I'm saying? But it is a step towards where you want to go. You know what I'm saying, as a writer and shit. But that's how I like kind of transitions from there to there. It's
2: hard.
1: But let's get into that right there, because a lot of people think when that publishing deal come, it depends on your situation. You feel me? But a lot of people think when that publishing deal come, it's all goddamn. That's it. I finna goddamn buy by
0: ten it's, acres. You it's feel just me? like getting drafted, though. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when you playing ball on a level that you playing in the collegiate level or on the high school level then you're the best amongst them. But when you get to the pros, these motherfuckers, are way better than you, bro. Way better than you. So it's like, it's a ladder, bro.
1: So like, in that publishing deal for songwriters, like, what are like, what, what does that deal look like for songwriters? Like, what do most publishing deals promise you and give to you?
0: They're the same and different, like, from my experience. I did my publishing deal with APG, joint with Radar. And, um, what I would say is when you get in a pub deal, not to ever shit on nobody, because like I said, every door is a fucking door. Even if you open that door and there's fire on the floor, it's still a door that's going to take you to where the fuck you're going. So when it comes to this pub shit, it's a dirty game. You know what I'm saying? Because most of the time we're not going in there with the legal behind us. We don't have we're not lawyered up, bro. You probably just quit your job at Mickey D's. You ain't got a lawyer, nigga. Most of the time. Some people might have they shit together. So if you don't have the, the proper legal, then of course, any deal you get in is going to be fucking, the scale is going to be, even if you got a lawyer, it's going to be like this. Because they're walking, you're walking in the door with the talent. They have the ability to expose your talent to the world as an artist, to other fucking artists as a producer, to producers as a songwriter. They have the ability to expose you to that. Right. So if Mike Karen and Ray Daniels didn't expose me to the right people, then I would have ability to put my fucking music on any platform. So I respect that in that matter. Whereas in, on the on songwriter side, you gotta like know what the fuck you what you looking for, what you're willing to give up and what you need to take yourself to the next level. And then you take it how you how you get it.
2: What would you say is a way that when they give you the money, how do you like protect yourself as far as using the money from that publishing deal?
0: They give you an advance, right? They give you an advance. And they give you, like, in my situation, they, they give you access to a studio, a recording studio. But you're paying for that studio. Even if you sign the APG, even if you sign the Sony, whoever, if you're in that studio, it's coming off your books. So <clears throat> I made that mistake. You know what I'm saying? I'm, to, keep a, to keep it 100% high with you, man. What I said, when I first went down there, three sessions a day, bro, so that was three sessions a day was on me. I'm paying for the engineer, I'm paying for the facility, even though I'm signed to this same company. You're paying for all of that. So when you get your, your, your printout back and you're looking at your printout, you're like, damn, I was booking the hell out of some studio time, not even knowing. I made that mistake not even, not even knowing that I was paying for the studio time, bro. I would have been recording at home. I'd be mad at hell, right? So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm in here putting in work. This, this is my perspective at the time. I'll give you my perspective at the time, and then I'll I tell you how I feel now. My perspective at the time was, I'm here trying to put numbers on the board for this team. But what you have to realize, nigga, is your label and you, y'all not a team. It's a business relationship, okay? If you ain't putting numbers on the board, it's fuck you. They don't give a fuck what you eat. They don't give a fuck where you sleep. They don't care. Pull up to the studio. Just catch this studio time and get where you're going. But how I feel now and how, what I understand now is that, like I said before, that's a step, bro. The every, every, only way to the top, man, is one step at a time, bro. You got you to gotta take what you... Sometimes you got to take a motherfucking punch in the face. Sometimes somebody, Sometimes you got to get your ass slapped in this business. To wake up and realize, like, these motherfuckers is not your friend, bro. It was times when I got my deal and I was like, bread running low. I'm like, damn, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna go to them and sit there. You know what I'm saying? Bless me. They see how hard I'm going. They see what I'm doing. They see the relationships that I'm creating, even for them.
2: Right? Ain't they give a fuck? How many points you got tonight, nigga? That's how you gotta, you know what I'm
0: saying? So. You can't, like, you got, first, that's the most important thing in this shit. These motherfuckers is not your friend. It's business. No matter how they smile at you. Oh, we love Ivory.
2: <laughs> fuck of here. Know what's up. <laughs> so, they, so they say they love you, then they invoicing the fuck out you. For sure. For sure. With a smile. <laughs> but For, with a smile, nigga. Like you, saying this shit, like ain't bro. nothing wrong. You been saying this shit labels. But
0: it's they? the game though, that they yeah. know that you, when you coming in, they know what they're giving. So they already have their value in their head. We don't have our We we fuck up because we place our value on things that we have, things that we have ac- access to. All you need is I told you I lived in my fucking car. All you need is food, shelter. That's all you really need. You don't need Dior, nigga. You don't need to spend fucking 400000 on your neck. It don't matter. None of that shit don't matter. But culturally, that shit, it matters to us. So we strive for shit with, beyond our means, which makes us fucking have to run harder for the master. You feel me? So that's my only advice is, know what, when you walking into that door and you putting your name on that pub, look at the examples around those people. Talk to the writers that they got signed.
2: It's best research.
0: Dude, it's on APG, me, London J, Derek Milano, Hitmaker. We what if I'm getting signed, if you about to sign, you ain't gonna come talk to me, DM me, like, yo, how, how is it over there? Right? So we gotta communicate with each other, you know what I'm saying, in order to get those opportunities and shit and make sure that they good opportunities for what you're trying to do at the time.
2: Go back to what you said about the value. So where is the value of songwriters and producers and artists? If it's not, you know what I'm saying, what we wearing and all of that, where, what's the value just for the audience? Like,
0: Man, value is in, is in good health, bro. Like, for real. Like, having people around you that actually give a fuck about you, bro. That's what matters in this shit. It, you get, bro, You can't take none of this shit with you, but you got to have it. You like, I got to have this shit on. You know what I'm saying? But it don't even fucking matter. Good health, good people, good energy. That's what make your ass live long and healthy. Having good energy around you. This man over here got <laughs> yeah, down. For, so for, for real. freezing <laughs> real. Oh, God.
1: he <laughs> got a nigga got them feeling like he just got baptized. And <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about like the creative process. You in the studio working with these artists and stuff. What's kind of like the studio session, the vibe, like, or the process of making
0: a song with these artists? Um, It's different every time. You know what I'm saying? You got, you're de- you dealing with different egos. You're de- you dealing with your own egos, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, in that situation. But the overall, like, experience, you know what I'm saying, is is like, I, 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 can't t- I can't take full credit for this. My brother Hitmaker, he always like, he's like, listen, if we ain't having fun in this bitch, we going home. If we ain't in this bitch having a good time making this music, why are we here? Because we are making the fucking music for happiness, for culture. How the fuck we in here? In, bro, I done been in some boring-ass sessions. Talented motherfuckers in a room. But the energy is just y'all ain't having a good time. How you gonna make music for people to have a good time, too, and you ain't having a good time? Facts. The fuck? So, in reality man, you got to have a good time. And that, those are the type of the best scenarios as far as like being in the studio to experience. My process is like, it's different every time. Like I said, I play guitar and piano. So sometimes like I might start off writing a song, just sitting on the piano and just writing, coming up with like hook ideas or like melody ideas. But when I, when I did um, the Chris Brown hook for the Young Blue song, Baddest, when I did that, I was literally in the studio, me, hit maker, Young Blue. And fucking um, Blue's like, man, I need something for the hoes <laughs> on oh, my life. He like, man, I need something for the hoes to dance to, move they body to and shit, man. I need something like that. Hitmaker make a pick the beat. He like, yo, this the one. I right, bet. I go in the booth, promise you. I go in the booth, and most of the time I just close my fucking eyes, bro, and the first melody or top line that comes out from my heart, because this is what I always go by. What, what comes from the heart goes to the heart. So if I'm coming from here, how can I not affect you here in your fucking chest? Right? So I always come straight off the hip. Like Wayne, how. You know what I'm saying? Hot hoe. Like, you know what I'm saying? How I come off dome in the hip, coming real? So I go in that bitch, go in a booth. Um, I promise you, the first shit came on My sexy mother, Uh-uh. You yeah. over with, nigga. Whole shit, done. We did that song in like five minutes, nigga. Crazy. Like five minutes. Top 10 rhythmic radio, nigga, for eight months, ten months, nigga. Yeah, like mm. bro. I can't.
1: <laughs> you did, you remember that? You remember, all right, so we did a Buddha Bless interview, right? And we, he was like saying like how to sell beats and shit. And like producers be in the room, <laughs> like just dry. He was like, you gotta be like hitmaker. That nigga go like sexy man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was getting weak, right. bro. For sure. sure. For, for sure. sure. So like let me ask you this, there. I know you have seen plenty of times producers come in the room. They see a whole bunch of niggas, and nigga be like, play beats, and they just walk up to the computer and be like.
2: nigga, be like, sitting there
1: like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this talk talking about, like, red flags in the studio, like, because you big on vibes. So talking about, like, producing the vibes. The biggest
0: red flag in the studio is over fucking playing your music. Don't play a fucking million beats, nigga, for me to get it. Unless I'm like, alright, go to the next one. Alright, go to the next one. Don't just, like we talked about in the beginning, like throwing yourself out there. If you him, nigga, you him. I don't give a fuck. They somebody can look in your eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking at y'all right now and I know I can feel y'all energy. I know y'all solid. I know y'all gonna be millionaires. I know, I know I can see it in your eyes, nigga. You don't need to got down. I can see it in you. Facts, nigga. It's I need right. that
2: type of hype. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Not for sure.
0: That's a red flag, bro. Don't overplay your music in the studio, period. Like, play your shit. Play the one. Not the two, nigga. What's the
1: one? I slept on his producers, like, Making that song with um songwriters, because I know a lot of times when we talk about publishing deals in the past interviews, producers be like, man, they don't even put me in the room with artists. They put me in the room with a uh, songwriter. All the time, you the hat, you the goddamn uh,
0: connect for sure, because like most artists, man, like they get to a level, and it's just different levels with this shit. You have something like the beginning tier, like say an artist get his first hit, he wrote that hit more more than likely. So in his mind, he like, shit, I'm him. So I'm finna pin these records. Why you got a songwriter in my session, right? And then you got those artists like Beyonce, you know, that it's probably eight writers in a room and she not even there. Because if 10 Minds is in a room, you can create a fucking, a bigger masterpiece than sometimes you can make with one person. The, way, the, the success in music right now is collaboration, bro. It's us working together to fucking make something great. It ain't just goddamn one person in the room. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Some niggas can move like that. You know, so no disrespect to them, but it's a collaboration, bro. It's us coming together and making something.
1: Facts. So, like, what are, like, artists that you have, like, the best relationships working with in the studio right now?
0: Man, Young Blue, that's my dog. You know what I'm saying? Hit, you know, he always going to be an artist. You know what I'm saying? I say the nigga coming up is... Young Berg and shit, growing up looking at him like, damn, that nigga. I want to be, I want to get a book bag like this nigga. But um, Queen Niger, she's so fucking hard, so fire, trippy, hard. You know what I'm saying? Like on the Afrobeat side, fire boy. I I love that. I'm a part of like his, you know, what I'm saying his biggest record. Cause when I when I first met him in the studio, I was like, oh, this boy got it. Like, you know, you got some people that just got that shit, man. And it's like, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of his introduction, but you know what I'm saying? He hard, you know what I'm saying? A lot of, you know Most of the time when I tap in and get in with artists, it become like brotherhood, friendship, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm just giving out good energy and shit, you know what I'm saying? When I come in a room and I let an artist know, like, I'm not here to write your song. I'm just here to inspire you to be great. A fly on the wall that give you an idea to spark something in you. You the talent. You you, you it. You out of here. Not me. So when you come in like that, man, it makes artists way more open up to be like, I fuck with you. Most, If you look at the people that I work with, bro, most of them don't take writers, bro.
1: So are you more big on the studio vibe or has it been times where you
0: just, I'm going to send these songs out and see what, what hooks you like? Man, I think both. I think both, you know, I think both are huge benefits to be able to have a catalog to where it's like, I got 200 female rap songs, I got 300 male rap songs, just Hooks, maybe whole songs, R&B, pop, rock, country, whatever the fuck, and I just got all this sitting over here so that when I pull up to these sessions or if an artist is like, man, play me some of the shit that you think that'd be good for me, I automatically got it. I got five joints on a new Tusi project that's coming. Those are songs that I made the day before I got to the studio with him because I knew who I was going in with. So sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's just, you know, it just happened. But both vibes are very, very beneficial when you collaborate with some motherfuckers.
1: I fought with Tusi man. Tusi uh, he got this little vlog, like, I said like, a year and a half ago. Uh, I guess the producer was cooking with Arcade and nigga was like what the fuck that is so he cooked up the song I forget what the song called but Hard Hard. I did some shit on his album he did during the summertime called Greater Storm oh shit hard c Hard. Yeah, he
0: got a good spirit too
1: yeah, he, yeah. he hard so let's get into like the foundation of songwriting I wanna know like what's the most important part of the song like the verse the hook the bridge like what are
0: you spending your most time on uh, the most important part is uh, of a of a of a song is the melody. You're going to remember the melody before you remember anything. Before you know any of the words, you're going to know the top line, the melody. So I would say, like, focusing on, like, making the hardest melody, like, throughout. Don't look at a song like verse, pre-hook, hook, post. Don't look at a song like that. Look at a song like a fucking hook. The whole song need to sound like a hook.
1: That's a gem.
2: Yeah sense.
0: You can't be like, oh, it's just a verse, bro. No, nigga. The whole song got to sound like a hook. It's about making shit unforgettable. How easy was it for you to learn your ABCs? Easy. Can't forget it. Right? So when you're writing a song, you write it, You writing write a fucking hook. So the melody and the hook is like, it's the fucking Bible to writing good songs. So, like, what are you
1: listening for in beats? Cause I know a lot of times, like, where we are in the community, a lot of producers say simplicity is the key. Mm-hmm. So we listened to, to a beat, like, what are the, like some red flags you might hear in a beat that producer plays and it's like,
0: nah. nah. Too many melody lines. Like, like you said, like the shit gotta be open, bro. Where I'm gonna be. If you playing a synthesizer, the melody that you want, that you heard as a producer. You heard a dun, dun- Du, du, and yo shit Maybe I wanted to sing within that And I can't It's gonna sound weird right So space bro Open that shit up And make that shit feel warm So you know what I'm saying Cause a good writer Is gonna be able to sauce anything If you look at the The type of people I work with bro All genres bro This ain't just like I'm not just little baby little baby Ed Sharon You know it's all over The fucking place KSI like, it's all over the fucking place. So, the ability to be a chameleon in this shit, you know what I'm saying? To be able to, that's what's going to give you longevity and shit, and this shit, for real, for real.
1: So, uh, I want to ask this. You being a musician, yeah. what's the thin line of, like, having a, a beat that's, that's, like, good enough for artists to do his thing, but at the same time, like, not just, like, a simple-ass beat, and it's kind of like, what's the thin line there?
0: Ah, uh, that's kind of a rough question for me because like, I write to loops, nigga. As long as I got a loop, I can write a song to a loop. But energy-wise, if I'm writing a, you know what I'm saying, like I'm trying to write a, a hook for Dirk, then it's like I need I need to feel the beat more. So it's like I'm kind of open, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to that. I'm, you know what I'm saying, as long as the shit ain't sonically sounding like shit, you know, like you're beating on the table, you know what I'm saying, like as long as the shit's sonically correct, Bro, I'll pull up any beat, bro. Pull it up, nigga. Because in my mind, I could go to anything, nigga. So I'm never like, mm, nah, next beat. I'll leave that to hit. He'll, he'll flick through the beats like, I'm like, nigga, you gonna least let the nigga tag play? He be, pff, pff. but he, I mean, he, he a genius at it. So I can't be mad. I sit back, i be in back in the corner like, all right, which one are you fucking murdering? Because anyone you press play on, nigga, I'm ready to bury it right? Nigga, Mike, Mike Karen, not to get off track, Mike Karen put me in Hitmaker on text. I think it was like 2019. Put me in Hitmaker on text, like, yo, you got should link. It'll be guaranteed magic. I went to the studio with Hit one time. Nigga walked me in like he been on me forever. No Hollywood shit. Fuck the hits, the hundred million, all the shit he got going on. He gave me the opportunity to be like, man, shoot. can't say, you hit, nigga, what's up? Went in the booth, nigga, we did 10 songs that first night. Been locked in ever since. So connecting with people in this shit, like we was talking about collaboration, connecting with people in this shit, that's the importance of this shit, man. We got to connect and we got to collaborate to make those monstrous songs that the world gonna love, for real, for real.
2: Speaking of collaborations, earlier we was talking about Producers and uh, songwriters looking to get with artists. You said that they need to get with the producers. Can you elaborate on that?
0: Yeah, okay. So I, I, I look at it like, as a songwriter, right? Most of the time, what do producers do? They send the beat straight to the artist, right? Send it to the artist. Artists got a lot of shit going on, whatever, right? But if I write a hook to that beat you sent to Dirk or that beat you sent to Trippy, then that's going to increase my chances of getting to the artist. Whereas I'm trying to hound an artist down to one, get him to even like a beat that I just picked opposed to liking a beat from a producer that he fuck with, right? R.I.P. my boy, turn me up, Josh. He did the, he did the beat to Rich Motherfucker. He sent me the beat in a pack of like five songs. It was his least favorite beat. His least favorite beat. I heard that motherfucker, I'm like, well, I'm finna go crazy on this shit for some shit for Trippy. That's how rich motherfucker came to life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like my relationship with the right producer, because the, the Dirk feature don't happen if I don't send it back after getting trippy on it, if I don't send it back to turn me up, Josh, and say, yo, bro, let's get Dirk on this shit. Dirk never gets on it. So the relationship with the producer, when you starting off as a writer, is the gateway to the artist, a gateway to getting your shit exposed. They the gay way the producers are. It's going to be hard to get to it right. Most, most artists don't want to even have the shadow of saying they got a motherfucker writing their music. That's why I play it so back, bro. I'm, I'm in the studio. It's like he wrote the song. I don't give a fuck. I'm not in the studio like, yeah, I wrote this. If you look at any of my posts, anything I ever post, I'm never on there like, yeah, I wrote this shit for Drake or yeah, I wrote this shit for blah or yeah, no. You might get the little pen emoji, motherfucker, sometimes. But I, 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 once I give it, this baby to you is yours. That's my job. That's my, that's my, you know what I'm saying? That's my role in this shit. That's my position in it.
1: Damn. Yeah. Do you feel like all songwriters feel like that, though? Cause no.
0: Like, I wanted to ask that. No, of course not. Most songwriters, you know what I'm saying? Like, not saying that I'm not an artist myself and I don't got shit dropping as an artist, but most songwriters want to be artists. You know, most songwriters, they have one sound, so they got to try to attack one motherfucker. You know, they might just be able to write songs for female rappers, but they can never write an R&B song, or they can never, you know, like we was talking about being a chameleon, being able to rap, sing, fucking whatever, to be able to shapeshift, you know, in this shit, is like ultimately going to get you more situations. But, yeah, of course, they want to be the star. They just happen to be a songwriter. (laughs) They want to be them. (laughs) They want to be Chris Brown, you know? But I just don't fall in that category just because, one, I know that myself as an artist is like, if you took Future, Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, goddamn Don Tolliver, Bruce Springsteen, put them in a motherfucking cup, mix it up. Whatever kind of hit you get out of that shit, that's who I am because I'm all, I'm all that. I'm all those genres in one motherfucker. So I know that as an artist, I don't have to be in competition with Blue because he got his own lane. He got his own thing. People be trying to be in the same lane. Writers, they try to be in the
2: same lane as the people that they writing for. And that's what crushes them. So I used to engineer a lot. You feel me now? I just okay. do it selectively. I feel like with artists and songwriters, not all of them, but I always see like, when it comes to uh, pushing some shit out your chest, I feel like sometimes you have to have a certain amount of experience or you have to be a certain type of person to make a certain type of music. And I see you write for everybody. So like, would you say that you just, you're a person that's like all around, you know what I'm saying? Like build all types of relationships type shit? Yeah,
0: for sure. For sure, man. Like I I, I think like (laughs) Ray Daniels told me this shit. I walked, when the first day I walked in APG, he walked in, he said hello to everybody. He, he spoke to the motherfucker by the bathroom, motherfucker painting the wall, the motherfucker sweeping the floor. He spoke to everybody. And I didn't. I walked past everybody and I spoke to Mike. Or and Mike, the A, my AR, Danielle, at the time. And um, when we walked out, he was like, Man, speak to every motherfucker that crossed your path. You never know who they could be or how they could change your life or affect your career. Speak to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, so being versatile and being able to reach your arms wide and shit, and this shit, bro, is what's going to keep you around, bro.
1: I know we talk a, a lot about what to do when you kind of in that door. We don't necessarily talk about, like, just simple ways to even get to knock on the door. You know what I'm saying? So, like, what's a simple DM look like to you for a producer, a random producer that wants to
0: work with you? Like, what does that DM look like? And you mean like a DM to where they hit me and they like, yo, I want to tap in. mm mm-hmm. What's a simple one or like, like, for,
1: cause like, I feel like your producers, just, they just want to know, okay. like, Proper. nigga, wanna, nigga saying, yo, I'm from, I'm from Canada, bro. I, I got two goats. and <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, they go hard. They're going to send you two pages. Yeah, yeah, but what's like, what's a simple DM, bro? You feel Man, me? Man, the best one is short and sweet, bro. Like, I even see now people saying they can send you like a little link. You know what I'm saying? If they trying to get luck, just fuck with me. Like simple. You writing a whole paragraph. First of all, I'm not finna... I don't know you, bro, so I'm not finna spend the time really going through it. Sometimes I read them shits, just, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But it gotta come quick, bro. You gotta shoot quick. You know what I'm saying? And then, like I said, like, you gotta get out here and touch people, bro. Because even though, like, you might feel like you sending a DM, I got motherfuckers trying to scam me. I got motherfuckers trying to do all kinds of shit in my DM, let alone you in the fucking... The, the area where I'm not even finna check right you gotta get out and touch people we out here the the top niggas is out here you just gotta open your eyes and know who who know who the top producer Look, DJ Muscle can walk right by you if you don't know what the fuck going on be in a culture you know what the fuck going on that's what's gonna get you in rooms and situations before you in the room the DM shit is cool bro but it's not personal bro it's not personal So it's like You gotta get out here And get in the culture You know what's going on And everything is It's televised Nigga, every day Every second You can see it You know where we at For like another thing Is like It is times Where like moves Come to you Yeah, yeah for sure there's other times
1: You gotta make your own move Like That's for sure You didn't even know You had the potential To make
0: a move Just for by sure. hanging you
1: up And be like Hey, let's get in the studio Nigga, let's lock in not here
0: at your career y'all making for records sure. together you feel me for sure hey man listen man I ain't gonna lie a lot of this shit is destiny we can't sit, sit here and act like it's a certain motherfucking chemical equation that can put your career together right destiny plays a huge role in it you know like being in the right place being in the right fucking bathroom being in the right fucking in the right DM at the right party in the right situation that is what creates you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's those different elements. So you got to be in a place. You got to get out here and get and get around what's going on. If you're in fucking Nebraska, ain't no studios in Nebraska, ain't nothing going on in Nebraska. How you want to be an artist? Why you there? Take a risk. Motherfuckers ain't willing to take a risk. You said it at the beginning, comfort. You gotta get uncomfortable That's when you gonna blossom And they got niggas
1: uncomfortable Watching this interview They like god damn For real They put my ticket So we got this uh, segment Called overrated underrated I give you a topic You just say Which one it is And then give you a reason for why So first thing Overrated underrated Fashion Coming in the studio With a whole lot of drip on Is that really effective
0: For sure For sure Because like you gotta put that shit on, like we was talking about earlier. Shit, you how you gonna make a song for a party, nigga? You walking in like a bun. So it's it's like when you go out, <laughs> it's like when you go out on the football field, nigga. It's game day. You gonna put that shit on? You got the gloves, you got the fives. You so why would you come in the element of you creating what's going on and you ain't putting that shit on? I put that shit on in the house, nigga. Put that shit on. Why? Why wouldn't you? It's a part of the culture. It's heavy. Fashion is music.
1: know oh, we get like a 50-50 answer, niggas be like, well, I don't matter. And then niggas be like, you matter. I think that shit matter. Yeah, put that me. shit
2: on. I feel like that shit is like, it matters so much because like, it's also your character because we could, you know Mike Mixer? Mike Mixer? Mike, Mike Mixer, he can he can come and, you know what I'm saying, have his toes out, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right, right. You right, know what I'm saying? That's what everybody right. known for. Two, two trains might be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Mike yeah, yeah. For sure.
0: For sure. For sure. Man, what you gotta re- this is what you got to realize. It's always cameras in the room, okay? If, if you're an actor or actress, you got to put that, that uniform on or that costume on for the job that you're trying to bring. This shit uniform, bro. This shit, don't, like I said, this shit don't mean nothing. But it's uniform. In a weird way, somehow I, you're going to get a little bit more respect if you put 60 or 80 on your wrist. A little bit more respect. It's fucking stupid In reality <laughs> it, is, it is what it right? is uh, But it's uniform nigga People eat with their eyes Not with their mouths I need a job of gym. It's so yeah. overrated Underrated Traveling the city is the work Underrated for sure You gotta you got move around We was talking about that In the beginning Like if you fucking In Nebraska You gotta be able to Find your way to LA Find your way to Atlanta you know what I'm saying? You got to get around. You got to get around to become relevant. You got to touch the world. How the fuck are you going to touch the world if you ain't touching the world?
1: All right, so this is the last one right here, overrated, underrated, So I want to kind of dig into
0: getting paid on time for songwriters. <laughs> First of all, no. <laughs> First of all, as a songwriter, you're not entitled to getting paid up front. There's no upfront. There's no producer fee. There's no fucking fee that says a songwriter fee. You got a publishing deal that's against your fucking agreement. You're not supposed to take no funds. Right? So getting paid (laughs) on time is us waiting until this record gets some legs and next quarter, next quarter, that's when we get paid from it. So as songwriters, most of the time, songwriters are living off their advance, which was probably fucking nothing in the beginning, right? So they're poor in theory, right? Until you figure out the game, you figure out your ways and shit. And I, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna go too deep, but it's ways that you can get money as a songwriter in this business. But you gotta have your proper legal legal team, management team that's gonna help you to be able to find those corners you can turn to be able to make a living off of this shit while you waiting on your flower to grow. That's like me putting a fucking watermelon seed in the ground, but I'm hungry. Nigga, that shit ain't coming no time soon. So you got to find other ways to eat until that shit blossoms, until you get that pub check from the fourth quarter, till you get that, you know what I'm saying, until you get to that point. So it's hard to even talk about getting paid up front because most of the time songwriters don't get paid until you figure out the game. And there's ways you can get paid, for sure.
2: When it comes to songwriters up and coming that don't have deals and stuff like that, what's like a a team that you need to have and some of the steps you need to take to make sure you get paid?
0: You got to get it. You got you to do a publishing deal. Publishers are going to go get your money for you. That's their job. I mean, that's how they get paid. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to go get your money for you. So you got to get some sort of publishing situation. You know, a lot of times it's hard to get a publishing deal now if you don't have a song, you know what I'm saying, out or nothing like that because nobody's nobody checking for you. But man, honestly, like I see a lot of new uh, producers and writers getting opportunities, bro. Like in this industry, because it's like it's such a collaborative thing. Nobody's jockeying for space. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like trying to like. I see Derek pull up, and I'm like, damn, he pulling up to my session. I don't want him to pull up to my session. I'm happy to have my brother in here cooking up. We might make something amazing. We did a joint for Justin Bieber. You never think, oh, Justin Bieber record would come out of Derek Manalo Ivory Sky session, right? So it's like. We got to collab more, and, and that's what get, creates opportunities for, like, newer, upcoming songwriters and artists and shit, man, for real.
1: Where you at now? What's, like, three top artists that you want to work
0: with right now? Doja Cat, for sure. She's so hard. She one that ain't on, on my list yet. Um, damn, who I want to tap into that ain't tapped in with? I definitely want to tap in with six nine. Nah, I'm I'm bullshitting.
2: <laughs> Damn. I'm
0: bullshitting. Nah. <laughs> I'm bullshitting. Nah, man, listen. I'm 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 looking to work with who next. To be honest. Like, it's artists that, you know what I'm saying, of course, that are like bucket lists and shit like that. But those come natural. They they'll come natural the more success you get. But I'm into like the next wave, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, who next? You know what I'm saying? Like, who the next Beyonce that we working on privately? You know what I'm saying? That we working on their projects right now and they might have the next hit of the summer. You know, it's cool to want to work with the big artists, but dictating the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, from Blue going to the Drake joint to the next joint that really keep him phew, being a part of that, that's, that. That means more to me. You know what I'm saying? Then, even writing for Madonna. You know what I'm saying? And that shit is crazy. But that means more to me. You know what I'm saying? Seeing somebody on their climb and just as- helping assist the sis to climb in whatever way you can. Hey, bro, this is a random ass question, bro.
1: So, like, niggas ever be in the club, and you got to go to home and be like, y'all wrote this song. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like I think it all the time. I will be, be in the club, I'll be whatever, on a boat or whatever, and the song come on, and I'll I be low-key as fuck about it. I ain't really gonna be like, I damn near don't want the attention in a weird-ass way. But it's like, I'll, I learned to let people speak for me opposed to me speaking for myself. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers be like, I'm not gonna be like, you, you probably wouldn't even know I wrote this shit, not being that motherfucker. Like, it ain't even on. But they gonna be like, yo, that nigga over there wrote that shit. You be on a the yacht, they be like, yo, he wrote that. Now all of a sudden, all the hoes is gravitating. Right? But don't put yourself out there too much, man. Let that shit come to you naturally, bro. You know what I'm saying? like, And and a lot of times, like, I think you'll never be more successful at being a ghost than actually being a ghost with this shit. Meaning that I give the artist a light when I write the song, bro. I'm going to step back like they wrote it, nigga. I'll never... It's shit that I, you know what I'm saying? Like, that I can't speak on that I done wrote. You know what I'm saying? But I would never. I give the artists, you got to get an artist they like, bro, and just be be a rower. Be one of them motherfuckers rowing that motherfucking boat and be a part of a big boat. (laughs) You feel what I'm saying? Like, play your
1: part. You got this record right here. I want to talk about um, Fast Lane. It was on uh, Fast and Furious 9. Like, how did that record come about?
0: Fast Lane. (laughs) We did a camp for Mike Karen, APG did a camp because you know that sign that's Atlantic that's Warner that's one so all of the movie plays and shit come straight through us first that's one of the benefits of like APG you gonna get the movie I got records in Space Jam that shit was legendary for me you know what I'm saying like that is like ultimately um I just lost my train of thought like a motherfucker what fuck was we just talking about?
1: <laughs> Fast, lane, dude.
0: Fast Lane, yeah. Okay, nah, it was just in the studio. Raw ass writer London J. I know y'all heard of him. He hard. He painted for like some of the hardest female rappers. He cold. You know about the man. He got Cardi B joints, all that shit. Me and him cooked that shit up. Shit was magic. Shit be so easy, bro. When you're doing so many songs a day, I can't even remember the session, to be Fix, honest with though. you. Fix. I mean, story, I'm sure yeah. it was a fucking moment, but it was cool, though, because, you know... When it come like easy to you like that, it's just whatever.
1: Speaking of that, bro, like sorry, I see you uh fuck with Ace Red, man. This some
0: shit, man. Ace Red, that's my dog. That's like that's like family, bro. For real, for real. We just was in Miami, shoot one of his videos um on uh on a yacht, bro. Red flag, y'all go stream that red Fred flag for show.
1: Sure. Hey, yeah, fuck with Ace, man. He, he hard.
0: Be, that's my dog, and he go there just
1: slide some shit. I be like, yeah, hey, this
0: shit hard. Yeah, baby. he throw. We cook up so much shit together. We got so much shit on the way. I'm telling you, Some eyes. Again.
1: I mean to wrap up the interview gang, like any like last advice you get to producers or songwriters, just anybody, it's like life, business, it don't even matter. Like what would you say?
0: Man, the biggest advice I can give you, music is great, everything, you know what I'm saying? The culture is great, but take care of your fucking money. Take care of your fucking money. If you go get a hundred thousand from the publisher, take care of that shit. <clears throat> it ain't gonna come back as quick as you think it is. Take care of your money. Take care of your fucking money. Get, put people in line. If you don't understand it, get you an accountant. Get you somebody that knows what's going on. Make sure you're paying your taxes. Handling your business. Take care of your money because you can get broken and shit as fast as you can get rich in this shit. Take care of your money when it comes. Because it's going to come. As long as you're working hard and you ain't stopping, bro. Keep the pressure on these niggas at all times. Wake up. Nigga, I used to work 16 hour days, nigga, at Tyndall. Come home, write 10 songs, go back to work at 4 a.m. Every day. Ain't no excuse. We got the same 24. Bush your ass. The opportunity gonna come to you. Any like side hustles you got going on right now outside of music? Yeah, I got, I got a Toro Company shit. I got two Airbnbs and Buckhead. I got I got a lot of little shit going on like that I'm that I'm cranking up, but most of the time I just like driving fast cars and traveling the world, bro, and making trying to push the culture to the next level for real, for real.
1: Hey, what's your answer answering bro? We're of the camera, but like Airbnb shit dead and getting dead in Atlanta right now. It's
0: still at. The... It's kind of getting dead, you know. PPP situation. It's kind of getting dead, but you know what I'm saying like it's always a good opportunity as long as you're in the right areas and shit like that. And like the more that they do, as far as like with the laws and shit to protect the people that's around in those areas that's supposed to be like the Hollywood of fucking Atlanta, like Buckhead and shit. Once they figure out a way to cut down the violence and shit like that in those areas, people will be more, you know what I'm saying, in tune with it and then it'll create more revenue and shit. But put your money in, in crypto, you know, get your portfolio, put your money in other places. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, the, that's the key, bro. You got to be up in the stock. You got to be, you know, you got to be in your shit. There's way more access to making money than just music. Music is just your seed. You got to plant your seed and grow your seed. You know what I'm saying? Like, because eventually you, you, you go from living a, a thousandaire life to living a millionaire's life, you know, and so on and so on. But to keep that standard of life, you have to create wealth. In your life. You know what I'm saying? So that you can be able to keep that life. That's why you see niggas fall dead off, because niggas have fuck the money up trying to stay in a lifestyle that they not creating other sources of revenue. So take care of your money, man. Take care of that shit. I don't give a fuck, motherfucker you twenty thousand. Take care of it. You know what I'm saying? Spend a hundred dollars. Treat a hundred dollars like a motherfucking dollar, nigga.
2: For
1: sure. Look out, man. I got quiet. I was getting hurt. I was like, fuck, man. We don't fuck, that's okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, This is a wrap, man. This is no dope care. interview, man. Appreciate you for tapping in. Yeah,
0: love, bro. I swear.
1: We gotta do like a vlog or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, Push for sure. For sure to the crib, get the little studio set. You man, know what I'm saying? That would Shout be
0: amazing, bro. For sure, for sure. Definitely, man. Y'all doing some great shit bro. for the culture, for real, for real. So for real, for real. Y'all gonna be screaming out loud, man. Just bring me back when goddamn. We're in the Caesars Palace with this motherfucker. You feel Uh, me? Yeah, yeah. For real, for real.
1: That being said this a route. That's another episode of
2: Podcast. We gone.